the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Confidence. Download the redesigned AccuWeather app today. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. You're Bill, your Radio MD. Welcome to the show, everybody. Got a great show this morning. We're going to hammer down on the uh, virus and the vaccines a little bit, since that seems to be uh, a, a crisis, or there seems to be a crisis now. Uh, by the way, Ken, I did the research. You know, I talked last week about Kay, one of the doctors in the lunchroom, and she said, oh, well, 15% of the new cases are in people who have been vaccinated. Well, that's just absolutely not true. Now, the Kaiser Family Foundation, which you may or may not know about, Kaiser Permanente was the first and is probably the largest uh, or one of the largest HMOs out on the West Coast. Anyway, Dr. Kaiser was uh, the uh, or Kaiser was the guy that did the Liberty ships and he started these these uh, clinics. And for a dollar a week, you could go in and get a health care if you worked in his shipyards and they had housing and all that. That was back during World War II. And of course, he was friends with uh, Richard Nixon. And then in the 70s, when the Democrats were calling for more uh, universal health care. This was the uh, the HMOs. They were the uh, they were the compromise, and it was based on the Kaiser Permanente uh, uh, model. So, at any rate, now it's a big big healthcare organization, and they have a research organization called the Kaiser Family Foundation, which is a, a nonprofit spinoff. And so they looked at uh, all the states that were reporting to see what they could find out to get some data on this. And uh, guess what, Ken? It wasn't 15%. (laughs) It's it's about 1% at the most, uh, on average, less than 1%. And guess what percentage of the people who have been vaccinated uh, have had two full shots of vaccine uh, who get the virus now? Guess how many of those are hospitalized or die? Hospitalized or died? I'm going to say point zero four, or less, or less. It's almost nil. That, yeah. I don't think anybody has died who's gotten the vaccine, unless they have some other intercurrent problem, like you know they come up with cancer or they're a million years old. And it's time to go anyway. But uh, I'm going to throw that up there uh, for the uh, for the gang. Yes, yeah, send, send, send the email to the nurse, let her know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it, it it's just, it's so, I don't know. There's just something really bad wrong here. Now, now, Doc, now I see <laughs> we've got both ends of the spectrum going now. People who will not take the shot under any circumstances. And then on the other end now, we have people who are going in for additional unprescribed doses. Is that dangerous? Are people making themselves a guinea pig doing that? No. Um, uh, In fact, I have been thinking about getting a booster shot myself and just going in uh, de novo and saying, look, I'm uh, I am 
unvaccinated and I need a vaccine and just, you know, lie. And I know that that's probably uh, a little bit immoral, but when it comes to survival, you do what you got to do. Now, uh, what about some of these folks are mixing them. They had the uh, J&J, now they're going with the other one. You know, is that, that's probably not a good idea, I would think, but you tell me, you're the doctor. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> it makes absolutely no difference whatsoever. All right. And, I mean, this is kind of... This kind of information you'll get if the, uh, this man is your doctor, by the way. Just want to point that out. Yeah, I think the, the probably the best thing is to uh, go get your two doses. Now, I, I want to talk about this a little bit because it's important uh, for people to understand. So I've, I've got a couple of patients with sarcoidosis, and they ask me, <clears throat> should I get the vaccine? And then I have a nurse that has it. In fact, she's a member of the family that I'm treating uh, my my um, um, my uh, service station owner. His family uh, they own the Pasadena Car Care Center here in in, in Pasadena, St. Pete, and I've been with them for a couple of decades now. At any rate, so they're they were never vacciners and all that, and all of a sudden the family's all coming down with it, and I'm sending people in for the monoclonal antibody and. Uh, so now I get a call a couple of days ago from Ellen, the matriarch of the family. I only trust you, Doc. Now, now Richie Jr.'s got it. And so I do a telemedicine visit with him because he hasn't been in the practice. His wife came in years ago, but I don't think he's ever come in. So at any rate, we got him set up and started him on medication. And I've got him uh, set up for the monoclonal antibody on Tuesday. Uh, and uh, he he was moderately sick. I mean, he wasn't deathly ill, but he's in his in his forties. He's not he's not an, uh, an old dude, you know. So he's at lower risk from dying. But still, you got to treat these people. Then I get a call the next day. His daughter's got it. Seventeen, sixteen, seventeen year old daughter. So I saw her yesterday on the telephone or on the telemedicine visit. By the way, we we can do that for anybody anywhere in the country at uh, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. And people have a lot of questions, but uh, l- let me finish up on this thread, and then we'll get back to uh, what people need to do if they're concerned and they're not vaccinated or they think they've had the virus and they want to know if they're immune or not. So <clears throat> I get her started on medication, and uh, the mother says, well, uh, if she gets a monoclonal antibody, is that going to uh, deplete her immune system? Woman, what are you talking about? And she's a nurse. She's a nurse. And I said, well, first of all, she doesn't meet criteria for the monoclonal antibody. She's 16, 17 years old. She's hardly sick. We'll just treat her for four or five days. She'll be fine. Um, more treating the family. Sometimes you treat the patient, Ken, sometimes the family, sometimes the staff. You know, that's mm-hmm. That's just the way you have to do it, and you have to do what's in everybody's best interest uh, to try and, and, and hold everything together. So at any rate, but the mother's got on her mask and her goggles and the whole bit, and I said, have you been vaccinated? I can't get it. Why not? I have autoimmune diseases. So that's all the more reason to get it. <laughs> I have sarcoidosis. I have chronic Epstein-Barr. I have blah, 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 blah. I said, woman, that's the per- that you, you are the person who needs to get it. So said, well, I can't because if I get a, a viral vaccine, I could get sick and die. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is, you know, Pfizer and Moderna are not viral vaccines. They're not even viruses. They're pieces of genetic material. Ken, 
somebody hit the country on the head and wake them up. <laughs> he just, Holy moly. How many the, 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 Doc, do you sometimes feel like you're Mo and the rest of the country is a three stooges? I mean, you just want to slap them all right across the I, face. <laughs> bop them on the head. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, you know, and I'm like, you could see that she was not going to, she's not coming off of her stance. And guess where she works? The hospital? At, at the VA hospital. Okay. I'm, I'm so like, are you crazy? So, listen, I went to the uh, sarcoidosis uh, website, and uh, you know what they say. What's that? They say, discuss it with your doctor, but get the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to be between you and your doctor, because we don't want to interfere with the sacred relationship that people have with their dumb doctors. Not all doctors are dumb, but. Well, I know I, mine isn't. I can't believe I'm hearing this. According to the CDC, now this is right off the sarcoidosis webpage, guys. So listen to this. There are two groups that fall within the high-risk medical category, people who are at increased risk and those who might be at increased risk for severe illness from the virus, like the elderly, the obese, people with lung disease, uh, so on and so forth. And then guess what the second class is? People who are immunocompromised, from the use of corticosteroids or other immunosuppressant medications. Who do you think that is? Rheumatoid arthritis, sarcoidosis, lupus, uh, psoriatic arthritis. These are the people that, and when they get sick, bud, they get sick. And these are some of the people that are dying. And uh, so the, the two vaccines that are not live viruses, they're just genetic material, are the Pfizer and the Moderna. And those are extremely safe in, in any in any group, and I just don't know what else we can say. Uh, so the the Sarcoidosis Foundation recommends that all individuals living with sarcoid wear their mask, practice social distancing, speak with their healthcare providers about the vaccine, and the CDC states that if you're immunocompromised, you need the vaccine, and because it hasn't been tested completely, and as you were pointing out last week, Ken, this is what's got a lot of people upset. Yep. Get over it! Get over it. It's tested. You know, just because it hasn't been approved by the FDA through a phase four and a phase five trial. It's probably the it's probably the biggest test in the history of viruses. Hundred and fifty million people. It's just it's craziness. I mean, you know, we've got and that's just in the United States. So there's a worldwide. There's over a billion people at least that have been vaccinated. And the statistics are stunning at how well it works and how little side effects there are. Any vaccine is going to have a side effect profile in a small number of people. That's the risk. That's the, you know, it's going to happen, right? They're going to get run over by a bus today. There's a small number. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you avoid that? Don't go near a bus. That's exactly right. And you want to so, avoid COVID nineteen? Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine and. Uh, this stuff about I have sarcoid. I'm immunocompromised. I have rheumatoid arthritis. That's who needs the vaccine the most. <laughs> I don't know how many times you have to say it or what we have to do to get the message across. The it's getting frustrating. It really is. It is. And the bigger concern, Ken, is not if you're immunocompromised, should you get the vaccine or not. It's how effective the vaccine will be. So you are in that category if you're on immunosuppressants like prednisone, that you may need to get a third booster shot sooner than everybody else. But I think that we're getting close to mandating vaccines. I'm sure that businesses are going to start doing it. Uh, and they're going to say, if you don't get the vaccine, uh, you can work at home. And if we don't have anything for you to do at home, 
you're fired. End, end of discussion. Yeah, CNN just fired three people. Hospitals have been firing people because they're not getting the vaccine. There are other hospitals to work at, so I guess we'll see you later. Well, that's what happened. What was it, the Methodist or the Presbyterian down in Texas when the uh, when the hospital won the federal case? 250 nurses left, so now they've got a shortage of nurses. Of nurses, so here's what we need to do: all the hospitals in the United States need to adopt a uniform policy of mandatory vaccination for all workers in the hospital. And if you don't want to be a nurse anymore because you're afraid the vaccine's going to cause your left ovary to shrivel up um, or your right testicle or whatever it may be, um, then go be a janitor. So go do something else. But yeah. you, you got you, we, we've got to mandate. Uh, now, we can't do it because of our Constitution at a national level. I think that they, the courts would, would block that. But certainly the courts have already ruled that businesses have the right to mandate vaccination. So let's lock arms. Let's get all the hospitals to lock arms and mandate this and get it over with. No shoes, no shirt, no vaccine, <laughs> no entry. You got that right. And this is a non-smoking radio show, by the way. Uh, and we're, at, we're also streaming live. We're also, a, I guess, a TV or a podcast or whatever you call us on YouTube, Facebook, and my DrBillRadioMD.com and Twitch and I don't know what else. And How about The Answer? The Answer. <laughs> hey, I'm 860. You can hear us here, too. Yep. Barb says we cannot say uh, I. No, heart. no, no, don't say it. <laughs> don't say it. Don't say it. Because oh, great, I got, a, I got another, I got another meeting tomorrow. Now, great, thanks, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want you to not be able to see her this week. I know you care about her. I love. do. She's a wonderful woman. She really is. She, she is. She's a wonderful human being. So the breakthrough is uh, on people who are vaccinated. It's minuscule. It's non-existent, really. It's just ridiculous, and even if you get the, <clears throat> the mild case of the uh, of the COVID after you had both doses of your vaccine, it's going to be just that a mild case. It's like a cold, and I've had a couple of people tell me, "Yeah, you know, I had a sore throat, scratchy throat, and a headache for a day. Big deal." So you're not going to die if you get the if you get the uh, the Delta virus if you've had both of your doses and you're immune. You're not going to you'll be fine, and all the states that are reporting in. On this, I mean, it's it's about 40 states, 45 states that have reported in on this, and their statistics are stunning at how well this, this vaccine works. It's just unbelievable. Don't believe what you're reading on the Internet 99% of the time. In fact, 99.9% of the time. If you, no, want, I, if you want a real opinion, call the doctor. Yeah, call me at 727-384-6411, 727 and you can have a telemedicine visit and set it up. Now, listen, a lot of people are saying, oh, I had the virus. How do you know? Well, I had all the, I had all the symptoms, Dr. Bill. Well, you don't know if you had it or not. I mean, the symptoms are similar to influenza and a whole bunch of other viruses. So here's what you do. You, you get an antibody test. It's a blood draw. It's, it's simple. It's just a little itty-bitty blood draw stick. We send it, we spin it down, send your serum to the lab, and they check it and see if you have adequate levels of antibodies. And as we know, Barb thought she was immune. <laughs> I said, you better get checked, and she did, and she wasn't immune. And so then I guess she ran out and got the vaccine, thank God. <clears throat> but uh, there are people who are not going to mount a, an adequate antibody response or they did not have it, even if they thought they did. 
And remember, there are false positive tests, too. So if you go get your nose swabbed, uh, you could have a false positive or Nurse Jane Fuzzy Wuzzy could have uh, <laughs> accidentally swapped the two <laughs> the two cards and told Mr. Jones that he was negative and that you were positive. And guess what? Mr. Jones is running around spreading it. And yeah. you're all upset because you thought you had the vaccine. I mean, you don't know all the there. There's a lot of confounders when when you talk about this. So you don't know. The only way you can know is to really to see if you're adequately immunized is to get an antibody level. You got to get a quantitative. You can't just get qualitative. You got to get quantitative. The difference is qualitative says, do I have uh, antibodies or not? Yes or no. It's a yes or no test. It's a binary. It's an up or down. It's a zero or a one. But quantitative says, yes, you've got antibodies and here are the levels, 20 international units per deciliter or whatever. So you see what I mean, Ken? So we want to know if you have adequate antibody levels. And by the way, the antibody levels so far were eight to nine months out, and they're staying up pretty high. It's pretty good. It's pretty darn good. I heard that Johnson & Johnson is uh, like even more effective against the Delta variant than the original one. Yeah, I mean, these things are, these vaccines are working. Now, if you're, again, if you're worried about taking a live vaccine, a live virus, don't get the Johnson & Johnson. Get the Moderna or the Pfizer. They are not viruses. They're just little pieces of genetic material, and they're not going to hurt you. They're not going to make you grow extra limbs. They're not going to shrivel up your genitalia. So get over it and go get it. And what else was I going to say about this? But the Johnson & Johnson is, uh, is holding up really well. I mean, I'm, I, I've had no ill effects from it. That's the one I got yeah, it's, I mean, they're all good vaccines, and if you don't have any contraindications to a live virus, go get the go get whichever one you can. Get the J&J. It's a good one. So uh, we, we need to stress to people that if they have concerns, uh, if they think they have the virus, or if they've come down with symptoms and they've tested positive, we can get you in, and you're symptomatic, of course, and you meet the criteria, we can get you in for the monoclonal antibody at the hospital. It's a four-hour infusion outpatient. There's no fee for the for the monoclonal antibody. The, your government, well, I mean, the fees there. You and I are paying for it with our tax. <laughs> nothing's that, free, Doc. Nothing's free. No, nothing's free in life. And uh, my crazy sisters, they think that everything should be free, especially my baby sister. Well, why do I have to work? Well, <laughs> <laughs> So that I don't have to work as hard as you, as everybody else, or harder than everybody else, she says. Well, Billy, you can work. You pay for it. You pay for my health care. You pay for my welfare. Do I have to do that, Ken? Is that mandatory? No. <laughs> meanwhile, tell her to go get a job. And yeah. Meanwhile, well, she does stuff. You know, she does yoga classes and knits and sells stuff. Of course, I'm sure she doesn't report that income well. to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's her that's just her, her her hat pin money you know her her little extra side money at any rate so speaking of of uh, overspending and um uh, underperforming now we've got trillions of dollars that the feds have floated out there and so all this money is being distributed whether it's uh uh by hard work like you and i do or whether it's just because you're you're poor and you you fall on below the poverty line or whatever, or you had COVID and your left arm fell off and you're on disability now. <clears throat> so all this money is out there. And so there's all this pent up demand uh, for a year and a half. Everybody was locked up basically. Well, not me. I got to run around and do everything because I'm a doctor. <laughs> 
And so at any rate, uh, all this pent up demand, and of course, we have not ramped up our manufacturing when we can't meet the demand. We can't get people to come in and work. We can't get raw materials. Uh, and the manufacturers are throwing their hands up and saying, there's nothing we can do, and we're not even going to try and do anything. So guess where it's coming from, all the goods? China. You got it. It's coming from China. And so now all the business, all the big business groups like uh, the Chamber of Commerce and the Association of, of uh, Chip Manufacturers and the Association of Auto Manufacturers, and uh, 50 of the biggest trade groups in the country are quietly petitioning the government, or I guess more precisely Biden, to drop the tariffs that the Trump era uh, had imposed on Chinese goods coming in, because guess what it's doing? It's driving up inflation. So you got a real problem here. You know, the Fed said, oh, we don't have inflation. Yeah, (laughs) right. Come on. I mean, have they grown? have, Have they gone shopping lately? I, do you think Janice Yellen shops? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't even think she knows how to drive a car. She's probably been chauffeured around for the past 50 years. And I've, she probably grew up in New York City where they didn't have cars. You know, they had to ride subways and buses and all that, which makes sense because, you know, it, it's expensive to own a car in New York City. At any rate, these people, they're, they're so out of touch. Oh, they are. And, it's always a great question for a, a presidential candidate is, what's the price of a gallon of milk? Yeah. They don't you know. know. They never they, do. And they, and they won't know. No. And what's the price of a gallon of gas? No clue. Don't care. You will have no clue whatsoever. You and I will. That's right. <laughs> That's you why one I, of us should be president. Well, I mean, I would do it, but uh, I would need the kind of backing that Trump has. And <clears throat> I don't think he's willing to share the stage with me. I'm too pretty. <laughs> well, that's for sure. You're a better looking guy. I really got to tell you that, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, not only do we have a great show, but we're both good-looking guys, so well, that, that should count. <laughs> that should count. Actually, it, it does, it's, and I've read studies that say uh, if you're uh, running for president, you shouldn't have a beard because people don't trust people with beards in general. Not in this day and age. Now, in the 19th century, they did, but you know why? Why? Because all you had to shave with was a, a were those straight razors? Ooh, yeah, <laughs> called them cutthroats. Yeah, and so, so everybody had a beard. So yeah, because well, if you nicked yourself and you were running for public office, that wasn't a good thing to have a you know big old bandaid on your neck. Sure. So it was easier just to grow a beard. And we haven't had a president with a beard since. Uh, well, who was the last one, Grant? Um, I think that. Uh, I can't remember if Grover Cleveland had a beard. I'm, Teddy Roosevelt had a mustache for a yeah. while. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I, And then probably Grover Cleveland was yeah. the last president that I can remember that m- might have had a beard. Did you vote for him? I'm just joking. I did, <laughs> twice. <laughs> now, you know what he's famous for besides being a great guy. What's that? He's the only president with two terms that were non-consecutive. Oh, well, maybe we'll have a second one here. We might. Trump might uh, make history again. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see. So at any rate, so all these businesses are going to the president saying, you got to drop the tariffs because it's just driving up uh, the price of goods and inflation is out of control and you got to do something to slow down the inflation. So the, the Fed's been quietly pulling money back in. You know, they've been that what they do is they force the banks to buy 
money or buy T-bills so they get money back in from the banks. So they basically, they buy and sell T-bills uh, back and forth, and that's how they shuttle money back and forth. So they're pulling money back in, trying to slow down the inflationary curve, but it may be too little too late. We'll wait and see. We will wait and see. There's a lot of cash floating around out there. And if you don't believe it, go look at the PE at the stock market, the price uh, earnings ratio is of the whole of the whole stock market is like in 40s or 50s which is ungodly it's ungodly it's it's unheard of and it can't continue that's the scary <laughs> part all everything that goes up has got to come down that's right got that right so will we drop the tariffs well it'll be good for dr bill because then i can go out and buy some more supplies for my toenail gel and uh you know, it, it, it's significantly cheaper to get it from China, even with the cost of shipping, because you're going to pay that cost of shipping anyway if you buy something like uh, uh, urea, urea or uh, diclofenic sodium, one of the substances that I use in my toenail gel. Uh, you're going to pay the shipping anyway because the companies that you buy it from in the United States, guess where they get it from? China. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> and the Chinese are sitting there saying, Hey, dummy, (laughs) without us, you're going to sink. And so the the government's probably quietly turning to the Chinese and saying, you got to help us solve our inflationary problems. And uh, so the Chinese are saying, well, you got to back off on all these demands you're making on um, our anti-monopoly laws and um, uh, intellectual property rights and all that, because we need to grow our economy, too. Meanwhile, the Chinese are in a, in a big pickle. You know why? They have a negative growth rate. They so, went from 17 million live births in 2016 or 2017 to 13 million last year. 13 million babies. That ain't a whole lot of babies for a one point, what, three, 1.4 billion country. The, uh, their population is aging just like ours, yeah. They, uh, well, I mean, we're still, we still have a positive birth rate. We're two point something. Are we? Okay, good. So we're at least replacing ourselves. Somebody's got to pay my Social Security, so good. And we're importing, you know, babies, too. We're bringing in people from uh, south of the border. It's, uh, it, yeah. it's kind of a, uh, an outsourcing of, of our <laughs> maternal of. industry. You know what I'm saying? Never-ending supply there, it seems. Yeah, yeah. The w- women don't want to have as many babies, and so what do you do? You just you bring in people from south of the border, and there, there's a lot of young people coming in. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a tough situation. It's a tough situation, but the Chinese, they're in a pickle. They are in a big pickle because they're not going to have enough people to take care of them as they age. And how are they going to do it? I don't know. Euthanasia. There you go. Well, they're also building more uh, um, silos for nuclear weapons too. That's a little scary as well. Yeah. And, and who knows? They may use them on their own people. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, there's too many of you all out there in that province. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> Problem solved. Next. Hey, next, by the way, is a cup of coffee for you, buddy. Oh, my God. Is it that? Oh, it is that time. One, we've been going on like crazy here, dude. I know. <clears throat> all right. We'll take a break here. I'm Dr. Bill. You get right back on here because we got more to talk about. The Afghanistan is falling to the Taliban. The Chinese are trying to negotiate with them. Uh, we got inflation raging. We've got COVID all over the place. Oh, my God. It's a mess, Ken. Get right <laughs> back. 
With SRN News, I am Michael Harrington in Washington. They are wrapping up the Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo at this hour. The athletes inside the stadium for closing ceremonies. They entered from the corners after their country's flags were carried in and formed into a circle near the center. The evening started with the raising of the Japanese flag as the Olympic cauldron burned in the corner of the stadium. Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett says people are rushing to get a third vaccine shot as protection from the Delta variant of the coronavirus. Bennett pointed to government statistics today showing more than 400,000 Israelis older than 60 have gotten the booster shot, more than a third of the total targeted population. He says the number is expected to grow. And a provincial council member in Afghanistan says Taliban fighters have taken control of the capital of the northern part of the country's Kunduz province, a key city. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser doxy.me forward slash bay area med a cell phone works well and is all you really need for computers you need a web camera and speakers we'll give you this address when you call for your appointment we accept most insurances and travel insurances canadians and visitors please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit co-pays and deductibles apply self-pay rates are available just ask we accept credit cards paypal and stripe 727-384-6411 Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi. 727-577-2220. 727-577-2220. Impact Mortgage Corp. TV, a cash call mortgage, NMLS ID 1282-31, equal housing lender, not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. What's better than a mortgage interest rate and APR in the twos? How about a no-closing-cost mortgage loan with an interest rate and APR in the twos? That's right. We have no-closing-cost loans here at Cash Call Mortgage. We pay the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. So if you're looking to save a little cash on your monthly mortgage payment, call Cash Call Mortgage today. Our quotes are always free. If your mortgage rate APR is not in the twos, Cash Call Mortgage could lower your interest rate and save you some cash. What are you waiting for? With low rates and no closing cost options, now is the time to refinance your mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. 
Did you know that as much as 50% of your home's cooling energy is lost through its windows? Cellular shades, available at Dominic's Blinds and Decor, are the most energy-efficient window coverings available. Innovative cellular construction traps air in micropockets, keeping heat out and lowering your power bill. Get yours at Dominic's Blinds and Decor, offering cellular shades in a variety of American-made brands. Dominic's Blinds and Decor, Clark and McIntosh in Sarasota. Call 941-922-2345. AM860, The Answer. Online at theanswertampa.com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Some sunshine for today, then turning cloudy with a thunderstorm or two and a high 91. Tonight becoming clear with a low 79. Times of sun and clouds tomorrow with an afternoon thunderstorm and a high 92. Plan with confidence. Download the redesigned AccuWeather app today. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. And we're back. I'm Dr. Bill here with Ken. And we're barking at you on 8.60 a.m. And we're on Facebook, YouTube, and my channel, uh, or my website, drbillradiomd.com. A couple other things. I don't know what all I'm doing. But I'm doing a hell of a job of it, Ken. You are. I, no complaints from me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so did you hear? We were we just had the news, and, and you were talking about the third doses at Safewell in Israel. They're mandating it. All right. I risk elderly. That's good. That's good. So I'm going to go get mine. Um, I'll probably wait till uh, we get Zeke out of the house. He's going off to Boulder. He got a job out there, thank God. In Colorado. In Colorado. It ain't cheap, baby, but he's he's excited. It's uh, his dream job. It's one of the best advertising agencies in the country. And uh, so he's going to be a copywriter out there, and we wish him the best. And we love him, and uh, we hope that he has an extra bedroom so we can go visit. <laughs> it's pretty out there in the mountains, yes, sir. Yeah, it's beautiful out yeah. there. So then, okay, so the Taliban are taking over Afghanistan. They've captured, uh, what's the name of the city? Kunduz, capital of the northern province of the same name, which is only about three or 400 miles from China, from the, uh, from the Xinjiang province, the northwestern province, where they've got all the Uyghurs. And all the all of the uh, the big ethnic Muslim group there uh, in the that northwest province, and it's a semi-autonomous region. You know, China has uh, a couple of semi-autonomous regions, kind of like Puerto Rico, and uh, but the, the problem is, is is they're they're terrorists. I mean, you've got this corridor uh, of Afghanistan, uh, Tajikistan, or Turk, Turkmenistan. Uh, Pakistan and the western province of China, which is uh, predominantly Muslim, and, and they're having all kinds of problems. And so guess who's trying to make kissy face and get along now? The, the Chinese. Chi- the Taliban. Oh, the Taliban <clears throat> with them, you mean? Yeah, they're the, trying. Oh, yeah. And they're saying, look, if you guys play ball, we'll come in and rebuild your infrastructure since those nasty Americans left you all on your own. And, of course, the the government that was friendly to us in Afghanistan is is rapidly crumbling. The the government officials in Kunduz province and the city in in Afghanistan, they all ski-daddled and got out because if the Taliban catch them, they'll kill them. They're uh, killing uh, Afghan pilots to keep the Afghan Air Force on the ground. Yeah. And and guess what? (laughs) It works. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have anybody to fly the planes. 
But uh, we'll keep the planes. Know. We'll sell them back to China. Yeah. Hey, we could. Yeah. What kind of planes did we leave there anyway? F-16s? Or... I think mostly helicopters, things like that. Oh, helicopters. Yeah. I don't think it was an advanced fighter of any kind left there. I hope not. I hope that we weren't that stupid. So probably little uh, reconnaissance planes and helicopters and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think mostly helicopters. So, so uh, But we're, we're bombing them. I mean, we said some B-52s in there. Uh, yeah, this is a show. Well, what pretty, are we gonna do? pretty scary show. <laughs> Can you can't win a war without boots on the ground? This is true. That's right. I mean, we you know the the uh, the, the World War Two showed that the, yeah. the you know the the air forces said both the German and the British and American air forces said, oh, we'll win this war in the air. Well, certainly it helped a tremendous a lot. You know, it was a tremendous uh, asset to have the kind of uh, air power that 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 we had, no doubt about it. But you still had to send people on the ground, and we had to march through Germany and take it over. I mean, you know, what it, people will just go and hide until everybody leaves and the bombing's over. They'll come back out and do what they want. And that's exactly what the Taliban did. They said, that's well, exactly just what wait them out, yeah. So uh, wh- what was the point here? What was the point? We were going to stop uh, al-Qaeda, and so the Taliban and al-Qaeda are now teamed up again together. And the Chinese are saying, well, look, as long as you're teamed up with al-Qaeda, we're not going to do business with you. And so the, the Taliban are saying, oh, well, we'll just use them temporarily, then we'll, we'll get rid of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> you believe that? And Santa Claus is coming tonight. <laughs> yes, and please, you know, we need a new highway to uh, the ports to export the terrorism. So China will build those. Yeah, China's going to build the Belt and Road. And somebody said, oh, the Chinese are building big buildings in Baghdad. Well, I went to... Uh, the the Baghdad websites to see if that was true, and I guess still in Bag in, in Iraq you cannot own land if you're a foreigner. If you're if you're a foreigner, you can lease for up to fifty years. I'm sure for the right amount of money, the the government will make you cut you a deal and let you lease for a hundred years. And there's a lot of construction going on in Baghdad. Uh, the city's really grown and, and continues to grow, especially since ISIS has been overthrown. That was what in 2017. Mm, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, we we finished that. But guess what? Guess where wealthy Iraqis are moving to? Turkey. 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 Because Turkey's much stabler, and uh, you know, even though it's a Muslim country, it's fairly tolerant of of uh, non-Muslims. At least it has been. They had a secular government until Erdogan came in and decided they needed to become a, a Islamic republic. But uh, that may be on the way out too. You never know. Are they in NATO? Turkey was in NATO. It was in NATO, okay. And and they were trying to get into the European Union, but uh, the European Union kept saying, listen, until you get your passport and visa situation straightened out and get your human rights uh, deal straightened out and take responsibility for killing all the Armenians back at the turn of of the 20th century. I mean, I don't know why they're looking back 150, 200 years, but that apparently is important to the Europeans. They want everybody to be nice, I guess. And, <laughs> Unless they feel like having a war over there. Then. Yeah, well, yeah, well, just wait till it deteriorates, you know. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going back a third time, folks. I hope they know that. No, we're just going to drop nukes and say to hell with them all. Exactly. I, you know, I told Germany and Russia, I met with, the, with their leaders, and I said, you guys do this again, and we're taking you off the map. I don't know if they believe me or not, though, Ken. <laughs> 
Germans probably did. Well, they, yeah, I think they kind of got the message. Yeah. The Russians are like, eh, that's okay. We got plenty of land. <laughs> that's right. We'll move over a couple hundred miles. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think of the massive size of that country and the population of, what, 150 million people? Oh, my God. I mean, they they could put up a city in Siberia overnight and move five million people there and get the Chinese to build it for them. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> At dirt rate prices because labor is so cheap over there. Oh, my God. That's a big problem. That's it really is a problem. Our, I mean, if, if we did go to a war and our supply lines were all dependent on China, is that a good thing? Well, I guess it is if we're if we're on the same side China's on. <laughs> but I mean, if we go to a war with China, we're kind of you know, we could probably negotiate. I mean, you know, say, look, we'll fight you, but if you want to still make money, you got to sell us supplies. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll be having we'll have uh, we'll be trading and having a a hot war at the same time. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know, that's not uncommon in wars. Yeah, for money's money. That's right. For countries to continue to do some trading. I mean, we continue to do some trading uh, with with countries who have been at war with uh, just non-military stuff, you know, and we'll we'll help you out with this if you'll do that. And you never know what deals are made behind the scenes. You remember the the Christmas uh, soccer game between the French and the German lines? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, in World War I. The the guys called a truce, and they went out and played soccer for the night and— you know, there was trade going on back and forth. I mean, there were messages being passed and cigarettes and God knows what else, lice and rats and everything yeah. else. But uh, come on, soldiers talk and uh, leaders talk and people talk. And it's like any game, you know, it's like any football or basketball or uh, soccer or any game. There's there's rules, but there's also a little bit of leeway and a little bit of, hey, you did this, so we're going to do that. You know what happened at the Battle of the Bulge in World War II? Uh, the, the SS captured, I don't know, 120 or some some small but significant number of Americans, and they took them out in the woods and executed them. And, of course, the German foot soldiers, who were not SS guys, they were not fanatics, you know, they passed it back through the lines to the Americans that the SS uh, has uh, killed has executed your men you know, who were just foot soldiers. They weren't spies or anything. They were guys in uniforms just fighting. And so for two weeks, the Americans sent a message back. They said, for two weeks, we're not taking any prisoners, any German prisoners. And they shot every German they captured in the bulge, uh, quietly uh, killed them uh, for two weeks. And after that, they stopped it and they said, don't do that again, or we'll, we'll do this for four weeks. <laughs> we'll up the ante. So there's communication going on back and forth between the, the, the foot soldiers, between the officers, between the leaders. And uh, I don't think that China is going to help us if we go to war against them. But uh, this is another reason that we have to have our own supplies and our own manufacturing and our own supply chains. Now, can we ramp that up in a hurry? Well, you bet your blue booties we can, but there has to be the will to do that. You, you know, you have to have a Pearl Harbor kind of attack or a 9-11 kind of attack. And even 9-11 divided the country more than it united it. But uh, you have to have that kind of stimulus, Ken, to get people to really hunker down and, and join together. I mean, the country was anti-involved. Was, it was pacifist at the beginning of World War II in 1939. But after, after uh, Pearl Harbor, 
the whole country was ready to go to war against Japan and Germany. Yeah, they couldn't sign them up fast enough. Guys, the lines around the block trying to sign up. And we, I mean, we ramped up our production uh, overnight, and it was incredible. Now, the problem is, is things move a lot faster uh, than they used to. So the things that we'll have to ramp up production of in a hurry are anti-missile missiles and uh, defense systems while we get the rest of it going. But uh, we've got the ability, we've got the blueprints for fighter planes and bombers and tanks, and we've still got the best tank in the world. We've still got the best fighters and the best bombers in the world. But can we produce enough and can we train enough people fast enough? Well, it depends on our defensive abilities and how quickly we can ramp that up. Well, we'd have to go back to a draft immediately. Oh, we'd have to go back. And, you know, I've heard people say one of the best things in the world is a draft. Why? Because it homogenizes the population, Ken. It makes people of all different colors and all different persuasions, all different socioeconomic groups, makes them come together and learn to work with each other. And, you know, President Washington noted that. He said what really united the country uh, was the Continental Army because the boys came from all over the colonies and they went from being uh, uh, regional or semi-autonomous states uh, to a, a, a nation because they intermingled and they intermixed. They learned about each other, and there were even blacks in the in the uh, Continental Army. Did you know that? I did not know that. No. Yeah, Crispus Atticus was uh, famous, and uh, and uh, Washington actually changed his opinion on slavery just because of uh, the soldiers that he had under him of all persuasions. And he said, you know what? They're just the same as everybody else. They, they they're just as smart. They work just as hard. Uh, there's no difference. So. Uh, you know, and, and slavery is a bad situation because it doesn't give anybody an opportunity to move up. You're stuck. You're stuck in a in a position. And uh, people say, well, he was a slave owner and he didn't free his slaves after the Revolutionary War was over. He freed them at his death because he didn't want to start a, a civil war. <laughs> if he had freed his slaves, you know, everybody in Virginia would have been up in arms yeah. and we, the country would have shattered apart. And so he said, the greater good is to hold the country together, and we'll work this out as we go along. And we did. Well, maybe we should bring back the draft, said the 62-year-old man. Well, you know, I'd, I'd go and fight. I don't know what I'd do. I guess I could put Band-Aids on people's little burns and stuff. But well, I'd give you a good uh, maybe 35, 40 minutes a day <laughs> before I tuck her out and need a nap. <laughs> do I have to take a nap? <laughs> and we got to stop for tea. Don't forget tea time. Uh, sure, well, we'll be fighting with the British, I'm sure. So, yeah, absolutely, tea time. Absolutely, yeah. you got to stop for tea. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, let's put the war on hold for now. We're going to have tea and crumpets now. And the Germans are like, are you are you serious? And they say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're serious. And the Canadians and the Americans are like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> British are having tea. <laughs> a very, tradition very important to the Brits, you know. That's absolutely. Uh, to a lot of countries. Oh, man. And a lot of people. A lot of people. It's important. Uh, so the Taliban, of course, they said that uh, at, in the Doha agreement that they formed with the United States, they said, oh, we're we're not going to be violent. You guys can go. And, and of course, that didn't pan out. And we're not going to fight with al-Qaeda. Of course, that didn't pan out. And now they're going to the Chinese with the same line. And the Chinese are like, hmm, is there history here? <laughs> are these guys going to behave or not? Well, if, they, if it all goes south for them, it would be interesting to see how they respond. Yeah, and they could get themselves in a bigger mess than we have. 
They've been pretty good about staying out of it, uh, but uh, of course they've paid a price in, in their northwestern province and province of Xinjiang. 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 Sounds. Like it's a pretty. Nice, it's a, sounds like a nice place to visit. It, it does. It, it. I would love to go to Mongolia and northwestern China. I just love that. I love the desert. I love that that mountainous, uh, rugged region there, and I think that's a really cool area to go. But. Um, I don't know if I want to go right now. <laughs> let's, let's wait and see how things shake out. I think I, I'd probably starve to death. I doubt they have pizza there. Oh, I'm sure they got pizza. You think they got they pizza? Got, okay. I'm sure they do. <laughs> Plus, you know, you got you got a lot of mu- big Muslim population uh, in Mongolia and Outer Mongolia and the autonomous regions in the northwest. So there's going to be lamb, there's going to be uh, goat, and there's going to be everything else, meat to eat. You might not get a whole lot of beef. Can you get, I was going to say, can you get a Big Mac in Xinjiang? And you're not going to get any uh, any barbecued uh, pig ribs up there. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Is the beer cold? Is the beer? I'm sure. The, I'm sure the beer. Listen, it's cold up there, so they got to have cold All beer. All right, good. You're right. That's true. That's they got to have it. They got to have it. All right. So those of you who think that uh, vaccinated people are coming down with the virus, you're wrong. You're wrong. Less than 1% of the new cases are in people who have been fully vaccinated, and none of these people have died or gone to the hospital. So we, we had one woman who said she'd been vaccinated that was hospitalized. She really didn't need to be there. And I said, how do you know she's been vaccinated? Were you there when she got vaccinated? You know, Ken, you can get a vaccine card. You can steal those things. You can forge them. You know, yeah, probably those, buy them on the internet if you know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah those, listen, when I was getting vaccinated, the nurses were coming around and saying, did you get a card yet? I just said, no, I got me a couple extra. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. <laughs> you never know. I got it. I might have to have something to sell. And uh, <laughs> Well, I got a picture of the one on my phone in case anybody wants to see it. I'm not oh. getting locked out of any place because of a well, I'm gonna, policy. I'm going to I'm going to hack into your phone and get your card, dude. <laughs> I'll send it to you if you really want it, Doc. And, and you know, on top of this, the, uh, the, the this inflationary trend and the Chinese goods kept inflation down for, what, two or three decades. I mean, come on. A pair of jeans in 1975 probably cost 10, 15 bucks, and you can still go out to Sam's Club and get it for 20. I know. That's, that's the uh, quandary. And, and so what do you do? So ch- cheap Chinese goods are, are holding down inflation. And if we put all these tariffs on it to try to even out things and, and stimulate our own uh, homegrown industries, is it going to work? Apparently it's not working. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is and I don't see it. But but the uh, the uh, the sentiment from the business community in the United States is that we're not ramping up. The, the the industries can't they or they don't want to or a combination thereof because of lack of workers, lack of raw goods, uh, lack of facilities, uh, you know. And then then you have this crazy uh, Democratic White House shutting down pipelines and pushing up the, the price of oil and gas and uh, food prices are going through the roof. And I don't know. I mean, people are people people better better wake up am and, i going through deja vu or or is this starting to sound like the 70s 
It it does. It really does. And and you know the uh, we we might have stagflation where we have limited number of goods but rising prices and stagnant uh, wage growth, and so you can only push out so much free money. And then guess what? You got to pay it off. You got to pay that back somehow. And if you can't pay it back, guess what happens? Well, you go def- bankrupt. You default. That's right. Can a country go bankrupt? Yes, Certainly. it can. Absolutely. And the Chinese are concerned. They don't want to see us go bankrupt. We're one of their biggest markets. You know, about 20% of our of our durable goods and, and pharmaceuticals and everything else come from China. That's a big chunk of change, bud. And they don't want to see that go away. And they're trying to build up other markets, but there's not many markets like us. No. Us in Europe, pretty much, that's about it. That's it. And so... We got a big problem, and then on top of that, the uh, Chinese are cracking down. Uh, they're using their antitrust laws to step on uh, uh, big tech companies and the education industry, like I talked about last week. And uh, of course, it hurts us too because people who have invested in China, whether through stock market or businesses, they see uh, you know half a billion, I mean, a, a five hundred billion to a trillion dollars evaporate over a two-week period, and the value of their company and stocks can. Well, that's got to push up the prices of something somewhere. Certainly, I would think so. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is uh, this. These are these are not easy times, and we. I don't know that we have the the right the smartest or the right uh, combination of people in the White House to handle this. They say Janet Yellen is a financial genius, but uh, so far, I'm I'm not I'm underwhelmed. Let me say that I'm underwhelmed. And so I don't know what to say, Ken, other than we we have got a mess going on here. But Dr. Bill is here to help you. And if you have questions, concerns, you want to get tested for. Uh, uh, immunity to the COVID virus. Make sure that your vaccine worked, or that your uh, that your infection caused you to be fully immune. Uh, you can give me a call at seven two seven three eight four six four one one. That's seven two seven three eight four six four one one. We have a minute left. We have a whole minute left, Doc. We got a whole minute. We got a we whole can, minute left. Right now, we can set you up for a telemedicine conference. You can call Ken at the state. <laughs> And we're listen. We're happy to have you. Um, just make sure you have your insurance card, or if you're self-pay, get you know credit card, and let the girls up front know that. Because we are here for you. That's Doctor Bill seven two seven three eight four six four one one seven seven. We'll get a little music, and we'll get out of here, Doc. All right, Doc. Always good talking to you. We'll see you next week. You too, buddy. Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. 
For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at CanCareClinic. 